Damn. My order what? went through. Isn't that a good thing? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so this week we're doing a basic quick overview of a lot of stuff in crypto. If you're new, if you already know, you know what you're doing, you've been in these markets for a while, then I, you, you don't really need to listen to this. But we're going to be talking about fiat to crypto, crypto to crypto, wallets, portfolio, keeping track, taxes, ICOs, research, kind of do a quick overview of, you know, a lot of information, but we're not really going to go in depth into any specific thing. All right. So let's say you're new and you want to buy some Bitcoin. What are, what are the first steps? Yep. So it really depends on where you are uh, in the world. Uh, there are different places where you can buy them depending on the region. So for people in the US, you, you have to open a Coinbase account and you got to link up your credit card, your debit card, or your bank account. Usually the best way is to go with your bank account. There are less fees, but you, it does take longer for you to get the coins. It'll take like a week for them to show up in your wallet. Whereas if you buy them with the credit card, they'll show up instantaneously on your account. However, you get charged higher fees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can also use GDAX, which is also owned by Coinbase, but GDAX is the exchange. So that's where you can actually see all the orders go through, You know, all the buy, sell orders, and you can see how many people are buying, how many people are selling. So that's a little bit more advanced. I would say like try to watch some videos on how to actually use that if you're new. But if you previously traded stocks, then you can pretty much go ahead and use it. Uh, and then for yeah, other so other regions, uh, the the basic difference is um, GDAX allows you to set limit orders. So if you if you think about it as Coinbase only allows market orders. So let's say Bitcoin's twelve k and you want to buy Bitcoin at ten k then using Coinbase, you can't, and you have to wait until it physically hits 10K. Or not physically, but just wait until the moment. But in GDAX, if you have an account on GDAX, then you can put in a limit order to buy Bitcoin when it hits 10K. So let's say you're not at your computer or you're sleeping. Then if you have that order set, then it automatically goes through. So in that sense, it's better. And it also has zero fees for when you do specific orders, like limit orders. Right, right. And then some of the other ones you can use are Gemini, Kraken, I believe those are also open to U.S. citizens. Uh, but then there's Quadriga for Canada, Bitstamp, I think that's in Asia. And then some of the other ways yeah, you th- can get into crypto using fiat, which are just U.S. dollars or euros, whatever currency you're using, are ATMs. So you'll find this all over the place. Uh, you can actually go to just Google Bitcoin ATM, and then it'll take you to a website where you can search based on your region for the, your, the closest ATM. Uh, but similar to Coinbase, um, these offers like some of the big cryptos like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, but they do have higher fees. I've seen some have up to six, seven percentage of the of the price. So you're paying higher fees, but you do get your coins right away, and you don't have to go through a through a bank. It's so you pay higher fees for the convenience. And again, that's up to you whether you want to do that or not. Uh, many ATMs don't require ID up to a certain amount. I think that I've seen the limit for some of them be $600. So if you buy $600 of, say, Litecoin or Bitcoin, then you won't get uh, ID'd. And then a- another method you can use is local Bitcoins, local Ethereum, or local Monero.com. So that's basically finding someone else that lives close to you who has who owns Bitcoin, and you, and you can trade each other, so peer-to-peer. So say they have one Bitcoin. Uh, and it's currently worth ten thousand dollars. So you give him ten thousand dollars. Gives he gives you one bitcoin. Yep. So and then lastly, there's new projects that are coming around, hoping to allow you to enter the 
market with fiat to crypto. So recently, if you've seen the news that uh, the popular app Robinhood, which usually allows stocks, they recently stated that they're going to expand into trading cryptocurrencies in the near future, I think in like a month or two. This is the whole concept of competition, right? Right now, Coinbase has like, I wouldn't say a whole monopoly, but basically they do. Um, they're the major player. So once we get some at more least, of this, yeah, so, at least for the U.S. U.S. citizens and stuff, yeah. right? So once we get some more of this players in, um, I think it'll better things. For sure, yeah. Things like Ethos, uh, Hawala, even like Omisigo, and I mean, there's there's a lot more. But yeah, so in summary, fiat to crypto, you have your main exchanges, you have ATMs, you have your local BTC, local Ether. Etc. And then you have these new projects. Those are the four main ways. Yep. But now, let's say you want to get into one of these hot altcoins like Tron or something. Now, what do you got to do? All right. Well, first of all, don't get into Tron. But uh, (laughs) if you really want to get into it, um, you have to go to different exchanges. Uh, Like I was saying, Coinbase doesn't offer all the coins. They only offer Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, and Litecoin. So you got to go to these different ones. and now we get into a realm completely different. There are many exchanges uh, depending on what you're trying to buy. So there's Binance, Bitrix, EtherDelta, Qcoin, that's a, one of the newest ones, uh, Liqui, Poloniex, HitBTC, Cryptopia. Cryptopia. Uh, and then in Asia, there's like OKX, Hubi, Bitfinex. There's, yeah, there's like a lot of... And to be honest, there's, there's a few other ones that we left out. They're not as popular. Um, but yeah, it really, it depends on what you're trying to buy. Uh, These exchanges don't offer all the coins, and they don't offer the same ones. Uh, for example, one of the main differences I can talk about is Ether Delta. That one only offers cryptos which are which are made on the Ethereum platform, so you can't buy uh, art. Yeah. There. So, so just for example, a quick tip is if you want to know if a specific coin is listed on a specific exchange all you have to do is go to coinmarketcap.com and then you can either search the coin or you can go to exchanges and then it will list under the markets tab uh what exchanges a coin is listed on so that's the way to find out right and it'll actually yeah and it'll also give you the the rank of the volume per exchange so usually you want to trade on whichever exchange has the most volume for that specific crypto Otherwise, it, it can be hard to for your buyers or orders to go through because there's no one else who's trying to buy them. Yeah, and it's more easily to demand. be manipulated. Correct. Uh, and then we have some of the um, other ways you can do crypto or crypto. Uh, basically, you use it's like a middleman where you send your Bitcoin, let's say, to Shapeshift and Changely. Is that how you say it? Yeah, Changely. I, I don't. I don't know. I haven't used it. I've used yeah. Shapeshift a few times, but basically, yeah, you say you. It basically converts the crypto for you. Say you want like Bitcoin to Arc or you know Bitcoin to Ethereum. You know, it just you send in the Bitcoin to an address that they specify, and then you send it. You send in an address that you want the whatever result you switched it to to deposit to, and then it just sends it back to you automatically. It takes some time, yeah. but. Yeah, and then I guess one thing I, I want to add is for the future. Uh, so there's a project called ZRX. Uh, disclaimer, I am investing in it. Um, they're basically... Disclaimer, we're not financial investors. Right, right. You got to add that. They allow... 
decentralized exchanges to be built over the Ethereum platform using their protocol. And because of the issues with uh, exchanges, you you hear about hacks all the day. Recently, I think CoinCheck got hacked for like 500 million NIM, something like that, or XEM, whatever you want to call it. So that's an issue mainly with centralized exchanges. Um, and these decentralized exchanges are, that's one of the main benefits of using a decentralized exchange because you control your own private keys, which we'll get into later. But basically, a lot of these other new exchanges like Radar Relay, the Ocean that are coming up, the Paradex, um, they're starting to see more and more volume. So I think in the next few months, we'll get a lot of new users coming in and using and testing those platforms and increasing the volume there. So they might actually become like a, a next big player like Binance is. Right, right. All right. Fresh, yeah, so we got our fiat. We we got some. We had some Bitcoin. Now we have some altcoins like Ark. Uh, we're all happy, but all of our coins are in exchanges, uh, and we don't want to get hacked. Like you know, like you were talking about for Neem on CoinCheck. Mm -hmm. So what do we got to do to keep them secure? So yeah, so when you have your coins on an exchange, you don't technically have those coins. So the exchange holds those coins. Um, so what you want to do is have your own wallet where you control or you have your private keys, basically like your password, you can think about it as. Um, and the way you do this is depending on the specific coin, uh, there's a lot of wallets that you can download. There's different kinds of wallets. So there's kind of like there's online wallets, there's mobile wallets, there's hard physical wallets, and there's paper wallets. Um, so I guess we'll go into some examples for each. So desktop wallets, you know, a lot of coins have specific examples that you can just have on your computer. So Arc and Neo, personally, I have those desktop wallets. Um, an online wallet would be something like Mew, which stands for My Ether Wallet. It can hold Ethereum and all your other ERC-20 tokens. Right, and the ERC-20 tokens, those are all the cryptos that are built on the Ethereum platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it, and then the other thing is, for your Arc or your Neo Desktop Wallet, those are only compatible with Arc tokens or Neo tokens. You can't send Bitcoin to those. You can try, but then you're gonna lose them forever uh, if the exchange even allows you to. Yeah. So, and Neo similarly, if you're using uh, an example of a Neo wallet, and there's multiple examples, but the best I think overall, in my opinion, is the Neon wallet. Um, so NEO is kind of like a platform like Ethereum, and they have a lot of upcoming tokens that are built on the NEO platform. So for ERC-20 to Ethereum, there's NEP5 there's NEP to uh, NEO, and you can the NEON wallet can hold these coins as well, similarly to how Ethereum holds ERC-20 tokens. Right, and then there are also some mobile wallets that you can have on your phone, basically apps. And again, they're similar to that stuff. Well, some of them are similar to desktop wallets where they're only compatible with, their, where specific, with a specific type of cryptos. Mm -hmm. um, so you have the Nav wallet, which is only compatible with Nav. Um, you have Jax. That one's actually compatible with many coins. You got to look, you got to go into their website and see which ones they support. Same thing as Bread. And um, I don't know about Abra. Do you know Abra? Um, it's a mobile wallet. It holds Bitcoin. I know for sure. Uh, I'm not sure if it holds any other coins right now, but 
Right. Yeah, and a lot there's of also the engine wallet. Disclaimer, I also own engine. Right, and then that's not like a car engine. It's it's spelled E N G I N. Yeah. Um So you have so next up you have your hardware wallet. These are actual physical wallets. They're USB like devices. Um USB flash drive like devices. So the the most reputable ones are Ledger and Trezor. And I wouldn't really trust any other ones. And you gotta you can buy this from Amazon, but you gotta be careful that you buy them from the actual company because they there have been people who get, get scam scam. Um, so basically they buy an open ledger and then someone else has the private keys and once you put money in or you put cryptos in there, they just steal them from you. So you got to make sure you buy them from the actual company. And then if you buy them on Amazon, it's easy. You can just go on there to see how many reviews they have. Um, the ones from the actual company will have like 500 or a thousand reviews. So then, you know, it's legit. Yeah. So we both have ledgers, um, so we can't attest to how the Trezor is, but I've heard good reviews about Trezor too. So let's compare that all this, you know, wallets to a bank account. So what? So my private key, what would be the equivalent of that in terms of all the bank account? Your uh, password? I don't... Right, right. Okay, so I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> no, what the all right, fuck? So... It clearly says email address, bro. What the fuck? All right, so in, in cryptos, you're going to have more than likely three things. A public key, a private key, and then a recovery phrase. Uh, with a bank account, you're going to have three things. So you, uh, an online bank account, right? Uh, you're going to have your username or your account number, and then you have a password to log in into your account. And then you have security questions. So public keys... Those read the same thing as your username or your account number. You can give that to anyone. Um, well, it's more like the uh, bank account. You can give that to anyone, and then they can deposit money for you on there. Um, but then the private, it's that's more similar to your password on your online bank account. You don't want to give your password to anyone because then they can log in and steal your money. So you got to keep your private key and your password safe. And then you have your recovery phrase which is similar to your security questions, where if you forget your password, you can answer your your security questions and then they'll log you back into your account. Um, if you can't remember your private key, you can go in there with your recovery phrase and log into your ledger and recover everything you had on there. Yeah, so... Two, so two things. So if you lose your private key and your, you know, your backup phrase, uh, you're pretty much fucked. There's no like. Oh yeah, yeah. There's no way. Call. Uh, that's the one difference. Uh, <clears throat> with banks, you can go in there. If you don't remember any of these, you can go to a bank, uh, and they'll help you out. But with this, since it's decentralized, you're done. Um. Yeah. So then number two is like with these physical wallets. So how it works is, I think Trezor does this too. But for Ledger, you plug it into the computer. You un you have to open it, basically gain access to what the contents in the keys inside your Ledger through a four to eight digit number passcode, and then once you're in, then you have to uh, then you basically have access to the Ledger. So in case you lose that, you're not necessarily you know in trouble because someone would still have to know your four to eight digit um, 
you know, passcode to unlock, which is, you know, what are the, I don't know the chances, the odds, but like, how, right. The probability is pretty high. Yeah. So three, cause if you guess three times, I'm pretty sure. And they're wrong, then it locks it. I, is, I don't know if it locks it forever or how long. No, it, uh, so oh, you it erases two, it. Yeah. Right. You get two tries on the, on the ledger on the third try or after the second try, it, it erases everything that you had on that ledger. And the only way to recover is by getting a new ledger or, or that same ledger and putting in your recovery phrase. Yeah. So in case like you lose your ledger, then all you have to do is buy another ledger and restore it, everything on it or all the data from it um, with your recovery phrase. Um, next thing you might want to do is keep in track of your portfolio. Depend, or maybe you're a long-term trader and you don't care about the day-to-day price. But if you do, there are several tools you can use for keeping track of your portfolio value. Uh, so we have different apps. We have Blackfolio, which is the one me and Fred use. Uh, there's also Delta, Crypto Insight. Uh, I think Fred knows about that one. I haven't used it. Uh, there's Bitfolio and Crypto Ladder. Yeah, so so I currently use both uh, Blackfolio and Delta for keeping track of my portfolio. The issue with Blackfolio is sometimes uh, the servers are down often when it's in periods of high traffic. And Crypto Insight, Bitfolio, I've you know seen them in the App Store. I've tested them out really quick. I, I don't, you know, they're not bad, I'd say, but it's just... It's just personal preference based on like UI and stuff. Um, and then lastly, Crypto Ladder is kind of like a snapshot app of coin market cap on your phone. So it has like the overall market cap and it has like the price in each coin ranking. But yeah, as far as apps, those are the apps I use for keeping track. Yep. And then the other thing you might want to do, um, and it depends on the individual again, is keeping track of the the status of your transaction. So similar to keeping track of a, a package you send over UPS. So there are different tools you can use for that. Um, so if you have ETH Plotter uh, and Etherscan, you can go into etherscan.io, uh, put in the transaction number or your or the address to which you send it to. And you can look at the status of that uh, that transaction. Yeah, so similarly, other coins, so those work for Ethereum and all ERC-20 tokens. Um, other coins have different tracking methods that you can use. So NEO has NEO Tracker. Then Bitcoin has blockchain.info. Is that Bitcoin? Yep. Okay. Yeah, that just shows how little I use actual Bitcoin to send. Next up, we have uh, the... Everyone's favorite topic. <laughs> uh, we got taxes. Ew. Yep. So for we're just gonna speak to 2018 taxes. Crypto to crypto is considered a taxable event. So say you buy Bitcoin, uh, you hold on to it for let's just say five days, and then in, after five days you buy a different token. Let's just say Arc. When you sold Bitcoin to buy ARC, that's considered a taxable transaction. If during those five days when you're holding Bitcoin, if the value of Bitcoin in terms of USD increased, you now owe taxes on that increase of value. Yeah, so you would owe short-term capital gains. Um, And then depending on whatever income bracket you're in, that would be subject to a specific percent. But then, right? Yeah. So then, your long-term capital gains would occur, you know, a year or longer after you hold something. 
Yep. And then similarly, the same one, if you do crypto to US dollars, that's a taxable event. Um, if it's a profit, you got to pay taxes on that. If you, it's a loss, you can claim it as a loss. Yeah, so a quick side note that I learned recently, I thought originally that, at least in the US, if you receive, you know, like a gift, uh, basically like money, that you're taxed on it for a certain amount. I was thinking like, okay, if you got like, you know, you can't just get money and not get taxed on it, right? The government, the US government especially take, wants taxes on everything. But no, I was wrong. You, if you're giving a gift, then you're technically taxed on it, uh, depending on how much it is and, you know, taking away from your total lifeline. Um, but we're not, you know, we're not getting into that. But if you receive a gift, basically, if you're in the US, if it's more than 100K, you have to fill out a form um, to the IRS. But if it's lower than that, then you're you're good to go. You can receive that tax-free. Um, yeah, I guess that's not really related to crypto per se, but interesting side note. Right. Um, so say I, I actually buy goods with cryptos. Um, what are the taxes like on that? Oh, yeah. Asking me all the fucking hard questions that you don't know the answer to. <laughs> all right. So I think for 20... I'm not sure for, you know, before 2018, but I think 2018, uh, you know, that you're taxed on that. You're, let's say you buy crypto or you receive crypto and then you spend it. Then when you spend it, the price that you spend it at is, um, that's considered like the sale of your transaction. So if you have to, you have to basically know your cost basis. So you have to know what price you entered whatever crypto you spent or whatever for when we're talking about goods. Um, and then, you know, the, it, it's a difference from that price. So if you, I thought there was a lot, I thought there was a limit though. So say you buy less, you spend less than $600 worth of crypto. I thought that wasn't considered a tax. Yeah. I saw that. I saw that somewhere, but I haven't, you know, I haven't looked enough into this whole like spending cryptos because I, I mean honestly i don't i'm not trying to spend any cryptos right now i'm just trying to you know accumulate but um yeah i saw that somewhere but i haven't looked into this at all honestly i haven't right so if that, uh, if that applies to you just research it uh but we think that there is a certain threshold for which taxes don't apply so just keep in mind that the whole like taxes issue with crypto nothing we're saying is hundred percent true at all. I mean, nothing we say oh, is hundred percent. Right. We're, we're not professional accountants, dude. I don't <laughs> like even taxes. think pro- professional accountants don't even know this for sure. But uh, everything's like oh, yeah. speculation <laughs> right now. I think. I think all this advice that we're given on taxes, it's stuff that we read thoroughly on that the majority of people agree on. But again, do your own research. Don't go based off on what you're saying. Use this more as a stepping stone of where you get started. Yeah. So per uh two popular softwares that kind of help, you know, make it easier for you to put your transactions together, bitcoin.tax and cointracking.info. So those are the two main software platforms that do this. Um, Right. So for bitcoin.tax, you can actually, you can make it so that it drags your, all your trades from your exchanges. Well, for, from specific exchanges like Binance, Coinbase, Poloniex basically sorted every, everything out for you. And it's a lot less work than trying to do everything yourself. Yeah. So I found out that at least for, I use Bitcoin.tax for 2017. I haven't, you know, fully finalized that tax situation yet. But 
so far I had about like 300 transactions and all you had to do was import, export the files, um, usually like a CSV or something from the exchanges. Uh, most of them provide this and then some of them that don't take it. So I know, I remember Liqui was one where you had to kind of go in and format your own, you know, Excel file and then import it that way manually. Um, but other than that, it was, you know, it wasn't too bad. What about you? Yeah, same. Two more topics. <laughs> all right, bro. All right, forget it. All right, all right. So say I'm trying to get into an ICO. What do I got to do? All right. So first, you got to figure out what ICO you want to get into. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of sites that kind of have upcoming ICOs. So some examples include ICO, ICOalert.com, ICOtracker.net, ICORating.com, and ICOstats.com. So those are the four that I can kind of remember. I haven't really, you know, been looking into upcoming ICOs that much recently. I don't know if, I don't know about you. Maybe you have. Right. And then some of the other things you want to look into if you're a U.S. citizen is to make sure that with the ICO you're getting into, that it's not considered securities per the SEC. So my comment on that is I'm not necessarily sure if that's banning the U.S. citizens. It's kind of meant to protect them in quotes. Um, so I think it's necessary. You know they're banning you. I mean, yeah, okay. but <laughs> They're taking the opportunity of you investing. As Bro, you're telling me that you haven't out. checked that mark that said, oh, I'm not a U.S. citizen, and then you hit proceed. You're telling me right now. I haven't, no. Yeah, okay. I, I highly doubt that. But the point is that's meant – in my opinion, at least, and you can find, you know, some other people agree with me that the reason they do that is because these companies are required by law. So they don't want to get screwed later saying like, oh, they did, they didn't uh, go through this, you know, extra little step and they just let everyone go in, even though they're technically not allowed to, but they don't really care, right? They're getting their quotes around money. They're getting their, you know, their funding. I'm not saying I've done this. But I'm just saying that all you have to do is sometimes check that box and then hit next and then get all the info um, that you need. And the info that you need for these ICOs is typically you have a uh, a website, then you have what's called a whitelist. You get on the whitelist, which is like a time when you reserve that you want to get into the ICO, and then the whitelist closes. um, And then a certain time period passes. And then the ICO date is open. You go to the specific address that, you know, website address. Bro. What? All this stuff sounds like gibberish to me if I'm new. All right. Let me put it simply. (laughs) You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm rambling. You're going to have your specific ICO accepting coin. So it could be, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, you know, NEO sometimes, you know, some other stuff, maybe even fiat. And you're going to have that in a wallet available, getting ready to send it to a specific address that the ICO is going to provide you. And you're going to have your return address, which is usually just the wallet address. So a common example is Ethereum ICOs. You send Ethereum to a specific address when the time is right, when they tell you. And then they send back, you know, however long it takes for the ICO to complete or their tokens are locked for to the address that you sent your Ethereum from. 
and then you have your tokens in your Ethereum wallet. Usually, you know, say if an ICO lasts for a month, you won't get the coins for at least a month. And then from there, you can, you know, do whatever you want, you know, move it to exchanges when it gets listed, etc. Yep. Uh, and then when you're doing your research, so say you're looking for which ICO to invest and you find one and then you think it's interesting, uh, you got to look deeper into it. So you, first, what are they trying to do? Is it actually something that will make an impact? Do they have a innovative idea of what of what your token is doing or this uh, ICO is doing? Bro, what, what, why did you Bro. pause? <laughs> what the I don't do it. I ran out of shit to Bro, say. there's all this shit right there. All right. So in general, yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of shit ICOs going on right now, and you really want to do your research. I mean, people say it all the time in this space, but you that's all you got to do. You got to do your own research. And in general, these are kind of the things that we look at, and I think you guys should look at too. So you, basically, you look at the white paper. Good. It's simple. Yeah. Don't invest in a shady coin. I mean, don't be dumb. It's not as simple as that because you see all the people investing in shitty coins right now. But the point is, you look at yeah, the white paper. Dumb and don't do that research. All right, but all right, but anyway, right, 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 right. white paper, which is kind of like their—I don't know how you describe it—like their executive summary. No, executive summary is like a page. Uh, it's kind of like their research proposal, I guess. All right, for. The white paper just kind of tell says what they're doing and kind of how they plan on doing it. They're all right. So they plan on. <laughs> bro, we suck at this. They plan on. They the problem <laughs> and they plan on. Oh, I forget the white paper. Bro, I'm For, cringing right forget now. Forget the white paper. <laughs> <laughs> most people can't read anyway. You most people don't read. Most people don't read. Um, team slash advisors. This is easy. Just look. Go to the people. Google them, see what kind of other projects they're doing, where, you know, their credentials, basically the advisors, um, you want to see their idea. You want to see what the problem is, how much potential and what their solution is. You want to look at competitors, who else is in the space. Something small as KYC, which is know your customer. You want to see if you can actually get in this ICO, like, uh, we mentioned earlier, you want to see how big the community is. So you can check their social medias, your, their Twitter, their Reddit, um, Bitcoin dot talk or Bitcoin talk dot and what is it? Good, I have no idea, bro. We got a we got all right. You, you got your Bitcoin talk. Uh, you got you want to see how their code is on GitHub if they have it online. Uh, if it's open source, you want to see their partnerships. That's big these days, and you want to see, um. Oh, another thing with community is messaging channels, which is like your Telegram, your Discord. Those are big these days for crypto. But yeah, that's a, that's kind of like the general things you want to see in an ICO. When yeah, you're doing did you already mention Reddit? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say Reddit's a big one. You know, just get a feel of what everyone thinks of this ICO. All right. So lastly, after researching the ICO... In order to stay on top of the news, um, there's stuff happening every day, even though recently kind of the price has been boring for a lot of people. They want that volatility. There's stuff like Evening Star, Coindesk, Bitcoin Talk, Medium. Uh, one that's kind of low key right now, which we're going to share is 
coin market cal so how we mentioned coin market cap earlier coin market cal basically is kind of like a calendar of upcoming crypto events so i know there's a lot of people that try to do this they try to buy the rumor sell the news i can't i won't say that i haven't done it before but i don't that that kind of strategy isn't going to last for a long time um but Right, but yeah, CoinMarketCap does help you stay ahead of the game, knowing that, for example, let's say, uh, let, I don't know, just Ethereum, let's say Ethereum's coming out with a big update in three weeks. If it's a big update, you know people are going to be excited about it, so they're going to buy an into it. If you use CoinMarketCap.com, you'll be able to stay ahead of the game and invest prior to everyone investing, so you'll get in before the big price hike. And you can, whether, you can decide whether you want to hold it or sell after right as soon as it gets releases or released um as fred was saying there's the buy the rumor sell the news so a lot of people just sell it as soon as the update hits and then the price um takes a hit then i would say take this with the grain of salt so what we just talked about it's all like an introduction to all these different things like fiat or crypto crypto to crypto wallets it's a basic introduction and we just wanted to tell you of everything that's out there that you have to look into uh, now you have to go in there and do more research to make sure you know how to do these things. Yeah, so if in general, if you want us to talk about a specific coin or anything, uh, right now, you, I mean, you can either tweet at us. We have it in. So we're on SoundCloud and iTunes right now. You can, you know, we have our handles there. And you can tweet at us or you can email us at greeneggsandcrypto at gmail.com. Um, so upcoming podcast will be talking about specific coins and then continuing with these market updates and stuff like that right and then yeah if you have any more questions on spe- on some of the specifics we're on our day you know tweet at us uh, we can either address it the next podcast if we feel there's a big demand for it or we can just get back to you via twitter or, or gmail bro i pretty that's what i pretty much just said <laughs> You just, you just repeated what I just said. I was like, yes. Dude, that wasn't paying attention. All right, all right. But, all right, yeah. So that's all, all right, for this episode. Just take my stuff out of there, dude. No, I'm leaving that shit in there. But this, <laughs> it's fine. That's this week's episode. Uh, we'll see you guys next – or not this week. That's this episode, special episode five, getting started. And we'll see you next time. Editing this is going to be a yep. bitch. God, this episode was trash. Bro, okay, I'm stopping this.